Welcome to the College and Career Sunday School Podcast for the First Church of the Nazarene in Highland, Indiana. These lessons are geared towards young adults between 18 and 28, but the truths taught can benefit people from every walk of life. This week, we will be studying the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John is a highly theological and philosophical book, yet it is very simple in its message of the good news. Here is a quick pretest about the Gospel. John wrote the final gospel account included in the New Testament. True. John has more parables than any other gospel. False. There are no parables in John's gospel. John records the most about Jesus' teaching on repentance. False. The noun repentance and the verb to repent are never mentioned in John's gospel. And the last one. John records the harshest words about the scribes and Sadducees. False. He never mentions either group. Let's start by looking at John the person. Most biblical scholars agree that the author of this fourth gospel is the Apostle John. At no place in the Gospel of John does the writer identify himself, however, but also refers to himself as the other disciple or by the one whom Jesus loved. John was one of the three who on occasion was chosen by Jesus to share special experiences with him. For example, in Matthew 17:1, Mark 5:37, and Mark 14:33. John was the brother of James, and both were sons of Zebedee. Jesus nicknamed John and his brother sons of thunder, perhaps implying that John had a hot temper. John was present in the council meetings of the early church. We see that in Galatians 2.9 and in Acts 15.6-22. He survived the persecution of Herod that killed his brother James. And, according to history, John became pastor at Ephesus and was bishop of that region. John was the last survivor of the apostles when he was exiled to the island of Patmos, where he received the revelation. Now let's look at the Gospel of John. No one can read the Gospel of John without noticing that it is different from the other three Gospel accounts. John records long discourses by Jesus on such themes as life, love, light, and truth. John spends most of his Gospel on the teachings of Jesus, as seen, for example, in the seven signs of Jesus' ministry and his seven great I Am statements. John also stresses his own personal relationship to Jesus in order to make plain the accuracy and reliability of his witness. The author of this fourth gospel describes himself as the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. John writes as an eyewitness of the events which he describes. For example, John regularly mentions the great Jewish feasts as dating markers in Jesus' life. He mentions the first Passover of Jesus' ministry, the Feast of the New Year, the second Passover of Jesus' ministry, the Feast of Tabernacles, and the Feast of the Dedication. John records detailed notices of time. His gospel story begins with the events of a single defined week. The ending of his gospel account moves from day to day. His story of Lazarus and the time Jesus spent in Samaria are both marked by the passing of days. 
John also often records the time of day. Jesus called Andrew and the other disciple at four o'clock in the afternoon. It was midday when Jesus sat at the well at Sychar. The official son at Capernaum was healed at one o'clock in the afternoon. It was about midday when Jesus was led out to be crucified. John gives us references to the early morning, to the evening, and that Nicodemus visited Jesus at night. John's desire to be a reliable witness also includes a fondness for numbers. He tells us there were six water pots at the wedding in Cana, and there were five loaves and two fish at the feeding of the 5,000. He says that there were four soldiers in charge of the crucifixion. The woman of Samaria had five husbands. The man at the pool had been sick for 38 years. The perfume could have been sold for 300 denarii, a year's wages. The ointment used to embalm the body of Jesus weighed 75 pounds. The disciples' fishing boat was about 100 yards from the shore, and they caught 153 fish. John's purpose for writing the gospel account is to provide evidence that Jesus of Nazareth is truly the Christ. In addition to everything else he writes, he mentions seven signs for believing in Jesus. In John 2, 1 through 11, we have his first miracle, the changing of water into wine by Jesus at the wedding in Cana was the first of his miraculous signs. In John 4, 43 to 54, the second miraculous sign of Jesus also happened in Cana. The outstanding feature of this miracle is the official's faith. He did not require signs and wonders as the crowd did, nor even the personal physical touch of Jesus. His sick boy was 30 miles away. John 5, 1 through 15, has the curing of the paralytic at the pool of Bethesda. This was John's third sign. This man had been waiting to be healed for 38 years. John's fourth sign of Jesus' lordship can be found in John 6, 1 through 15. This is the story of the loaves and the fish. The importance of this miracle is shown by the fact that all four gospel accounts record it. The walking on water in John 6, 16 through 21 is John's fifth miraculous sign. Faith in Christ, who is the Lord of nature, conquers fear in the midst of storms. Jesus cures blindness in chapter 9. Sin may cause sickness, but sickness is not proof of sin. Jesus' seventh sign is the raising of Lazarus in chapter 11. Note how John carefully identifies Lazarus to safeguard the authenticity of the miracle. Finally, John includes in his gospel account seven I am statements of Jesus, telling us who he is as the Son of God. I am is the covenant name of God by which he revealed himself to Moses, and that was in Exodus 3.14. It suggests God's living presence among us and his eternal being. By using that same name for himself, Jesus claims those same qualities. John 6.35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. And in 6.48, I am the bread of life. And in 6.51, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, 
He will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Jesus explains that the bread in the wilderness of Exodus was temporary food and that it was pointing towards the eternal bread from heaven. The manna was a picture of Jesus, who has now come down from heaven, must be accepted by faith, and who gives life. John 8.12 says, Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus was claiming to be the Messiah, who could do the work that only God could do. The word light was very dear to Jewish thought about God. Psalm 27.1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? In John 10, 7 and 9, So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Shepherds often built sheepfolds with an opening, but no door. So the shepherd himself lay across the opening to protect the sheep. Jesus is our protection. In John 11:25, we have, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. There were many Jews that wanted healing from Jesus, but didn't want to believe in Jesus. He doesn't give the bread of life and let people reject him. Nor can you get eternal life apart from Jesus. Although they are free gifts, they only come through Jesus. John 14.6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. By saying this, Jesus claimed that three of the basic conceptions of Jewish religion found their fulfillment in him. Jews talked a lot about the way people should walk, see Deuteronomy 5, 32 and 33, and the ways of God in Psalm 27, 11. Jesus said, I am the way. The psalmist said, teach me your way, O Lord, and I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. That was Psalms 86, 11. And Jesus said, I am the truth. The Jews taught about the paths of life in Proverbs 10:17 and Psalm 16:11, and Jesus said, "I am the life." John 15:1 says, "I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser." John 15:5 says, "I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing." Jesus pictures himself as the vine, the Father as the gardener, and we as the branches. See the entire passage in verses 1 through 11. Which I am statement means the most to you personally and spiritually right now? In this stage of my life, I would have to claim I am the vine. I want to be close to Jesus in my daily walk, and I want God to remove anything from my life that is not pleasing to him. I also want to produce fruit that is pleasing to him. Dear Heavenly Father, you are a wonderful and loving Father, and I am thankful that you have sent your Son into the world to save sinners like me. Please 
Help Jesus meet everyone listening to this podcast exactly where they are right now. If they have a hurt, let them turn to you. If they need a Savior, open their heart and let the Holy Spirit fill them. We have learned that you are the light of the world. Please light our path and shine your light on us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining our lesson today. If you liked what you heard, share it with someone in your life and don't forget to subscribe. Then it will automatically download to your favorite device when a new episode is available. Thank you.